Hey friends, Coach Shelby and Coach Christine welcoming you in and letting you know it's time for brunch, where there's always an open table, a hot cup of coffee, and endless running fun to keep you moving and grooving. So whether you are lacing up your shoes to get out for your run or doing one of your to-dos for the day, we are happy to have you here. And we get a lot of questions as coaches. How do I PR? What type of shoes should I wear? Is it normal to chafe here and there and basically everywhere? However, one of the most asked questions after someone has been running for a little bit is, should I run a marathon? So while this is a complex question, we're gonna break it down to a little bit of a step-by-step and mile-by-mile guidance to help you unravel the mystery behind the marathon. And Coach Christine, we've both run a marathon. You have run multiple marathons. I, yeah, I'm this nodding. is one of those yes. questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're nodding. These are one of those questions that I, I feel like everybody asks it at one point in time, whether they've ran five miles, five years, 50 years, or what have you. I find it interesting because I also think it's a question that you get asked a lot once people find out that you're a runner. They ask if you've run a marathon and it's probably because it's the most recognizable. While we all probably get our entry in with like a C25K or a 5K, there is a big barometer of feeling more so like a runner with that marathon distance. Now we're here to definitely kind of a little bit more off based off of our previous episode. That's a running myth. Of course, you're no more than a runner um, running a 5k than a half marathon than a full marathon and ultra than you are if you run a couple times a day around your or a couple times a week around your neighborhood. So of course, you're a runner just by lacing up and getting out there. But the marathon does seem to have a lot of notoriety. So I'm looking forward to getting into this conversation. Before we do, though, you know what else has a lot of notoriety, Coach? Especially, I feel like this time of year, people are starting to get very excited about the running race season mm-hmm. and dopey. I'm hearing the dopey conversation all the time. It feels like people that are bemoaning the fact that they weren't able to snag their dopey registration when registration was open. They're even considering running the virtual and how they're going to try to make that happen at home. It's and- straight up goofy how many times a day I hear about dopey. <laughs> yeah. But- yeah. For the record, goofy doesn't get anywhere near the amount of love it feels like as dopey does. But um, dopey, that incredible race for folks that aren't aware is a big bucket list item for a lot of folks where you go out to marathon weekend at Walt Disney World, you run the 5K, the 10K, the half marathon, and the full marathon in consecutive days. So it is almost like that extra, extra, like beyond the marathon. And a lot of folks are interested in it. We'll be talking a little bit about that because, Coach, we have in our hot little hands a dopey bib. I like how we both do our fingers like maniacally as we're saying this. But yes, we have a dopey bib. And like you said, it's sold out. And people, I think, during sign up get very wary of biting the bullet and purchasing that bib. However, once they start getting into it, especially if they've already started training for the half or even the full, that little bug in their ear goes, well, you know, maybe I should have done dopey. Maybe I should have signed up for it. Well, you might not be able to sign up for it, but you can sign up for a chance to win this magnificent bib, which is no joke. We're not being goofy. We're not being dopey, but you do not want to be sleepy on this opportunity. 
Absolutely. And I think that it's really interesting too. Not only is it um, such an incredible experience, so many folks definitely love the chance and opportunity to kind of brag about the fact that they get the 48.6 miles in one weekend under their belt, but you get not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six medals in four days. That is just mind blowing for all of the folks that love those medals. This is definitely the one where you can... (laughs) Girl, me too. I definitely, I I love my medals. I just don't display them the way I should. But folks, we know that you will display them with pride. And what do we have to do? I mean, I've asked you to give me the bib, but you keep saying no. Like, I am not allowed to. She's tried that with every bib we've had to give away. She's like, are you sure we have to give away this one? Yes. But we're keeping it simple. We're going to, in episode notes, you will see the link to our post. You're going to like tag and follow us on Instagram at time for brunch podcast and on that specific post which will be in episode notes and then because we're givers we want to make sure that you have all the ways to be entertained and entered if you sign up in the email that link is also in episode notes and will be in our link in our bio on Instagram you're gonna get five extra entries for putting that email in and getting a free run Disney ultimate challenge guide that I think coach Christine, you probably could have ran the 40 plus miles in the time that we stopped giggling about the awesomeness of this challenge guide. Oh, it is. It's fantastic. And we really, we went to the sources, shall we say, we sourced a lot of knowledge from both guests that have been on Time for Brunch podcast that have run Dopey. I'm thinking of, of course, of our, our dear friend, Perfectly Dopey, who's run it now every year since it's existed. And we've gone to the Run Disney community. We have absolutely made sure that we had all of the questions that we see the most from folks covered in this guide. And that is your prize for entering in to this incredible raffle giveaway. So again, this is a wonderful opportunity. You don't walk away empty handed, but you also have that opportunity to potentially walk away with this incredible dopey bib and truly cross off one of the biggest things on a runner's bucket list. So definitely use that episode notes. If you are on your run while you're listening to us here, or maybe you want to screenshot it to remind you later. We'll remind you at the end. But again, friends, this is a wonderful opportunity. With that said, Coach, when I think of bucket lists, because you know that we're both, or I know that I'm very, very motivated about crossing things off my bucket list, and I know you are as well with these really incredible experiences, the marathon is something that really does rank very high on people's bucket lists, especially when they start running. So I think we're ready to start like kind of unraveling, peeling it back. When is the right time? How should I tackle it? But before we do that, should we talk about some of the other bucket list marathons that we know of, we love, we've heard of, we have on our list. (laughs) Oh yeah. So looking at, there's so many marathons, first and foremost, I think for your first marathon, going into a little tip mode, try to find one that is close to you because, you know, it's a long distance. There's a lot of semantics to try to figure out. So we picked some of the favorite ones, which I know that you have been to at least two, three of these, I think. One of which was your first marathon. But a really, really popular one is Flying Pig Marathon in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's going to take place May the weekend of May 3rd to the 5th of 2024. And 
I have to find it funny. The opening line is proud of their city's pork industry heritage. As a vegetarian of the group, I'm just laughing. It's like, of course, but you know, I do miss bacon, but um, they go whole hog with their pig puns and their running support. And it's a little smaller than some of the big city marathons, but I've heard the spectators are amazing. Yeah, this is one of the ones that once you do get a bit more into the marathon running world, you're going to hear it quite frequently. It's beloved by marathoners. Um, It's beloved because it also has so many race distances over that weekend. So if you're traveling with folks that want to come out and support you on your marathon, they can still get in some extra runs themselves with the 5K, 10K, all the other little aspects that there is going on. And it really is a full on party that entire weekend. This has been on my bucket list for quite some time because it does fall every year on my birthday weekend. In the past, it fell a little too close to Mother's Day and I didn't want to go out of town that close to Mother's Day. Um, But but this has been something where I keep thinking that for a birthday tree, I would love to sign up for the flying pig. Ooh, maybe for the big five O. Yeah. I mean, why not? Even Ooh. though, of course, after training for every marathon, I'm like, this is it. No more marathons. <laughs> Says every marathoner ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which we'll talk about as well. But flying pig. Yes. It's a warm community there. They got some really intense weather this past year, though. And that's, again, such a great reminder of why you must train for all possible conditions, because traditionally they have great weather this particular year. Not so much. So a did you great- take a pick at my tips? Because <laughs> that I literally mean- was the biggest one. It's like you don't get to think about conditions like if it's safe, like it's not lightning and thundering. You got to go. Well, I'm thinking I have a running partner who did Flying Pig this year. And when I saw the conditions that she ran in, I thought that was a triathlon. That was not a marathon because she pretty much had to swim through it. (laughs) She also got a very similar weather condition for Marine Corps. So I think like... Um, I, I have jokingly told her that I'm not going to sign up for any race that she signs up for. I was just thinking that. I'm like, apparently it's an ex-running buddy. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's still, it was incredible. She did say her race report of it was it still people came out. They still supported it. And that made it worth every single step. So Aww. incredible, incredible uh, race reports from Flying Pig. Haven't heard not one person who didn't love it. Well, that's Which, good. Or else they might be on the chopping block. Brings me, Coach, to the next one for the record. I got he you. He just I ignores you. me that. I got you. Somebody is definitely giggling at it. I, I just roll right through. This next one has been so interesting for me because I have registered into the lottery of the Big Sur race, which is um, the next on the list of kind of one of the big runners bucket list items. And the first year I got in, And then London came calling. So I contacted the race director and said, hey, thanks, but no thanks. I'm not going to be able to do it because I'm heading to London. And the second year I got in and got an injury and wasn't able to do the race. So I keep thinking, is this my time? Do I want to try for a third time's a charm to get in and do this gorgeous, absolutely breathtaking course? Um, So Big Sur Marathon taking place April 28th, 2024. This one's also notorious in the marathoner world because it's very close to Boston. It's usually the week after. So a lot of folks take place of doing what they call the Boston to Big Sur, and they'll go out, run Boston, head over to the West Coast and tackle this Big Sur race. And they get an 
extra special medal for that kind of endeavor. It's like B&B, but not bed and breakfast or yeah or b2b always, but not business to business yeah i i think i think i think breast to buns i mean maybe that's just the world i live in in my head but it, it, i have heard great things about big sir i have not partaken in it but i do know um when you would went out one of our brunchers was there and mm-hmm. i believe she actually even got a pr um, no one big sir. gets a PR, but yes, she's an incredible. She trained so hard. She trained in an area that does have a lot more hills. So she was prepared. She rocked it. I remember actually being at the finish line to cheer her on. She was so intense for that finish line that she did not hear me yelling her (laughs) name. Um, But that was extraordinary to see her bring it in after such a good, strong training season that she had. But yes, it's, it's incredible. I did drive the course. And that's probably why I have a call to do it again or to try to get into it because it's gorgeous. And the next one on the list is I definitely think probably a bucket list for the running buffs of the world of mm-hmm. the Eugene Marathon taking place April 26th to the 28th this year or this coming year. Um, Nickname Tracktown USA is in Eugene, the city of all the diehards. Uh, you can probably go there any given weekend and see all the running royalty. Um, This is a really good, fast, scenic course through the river trails. And obviously, the legendary runner Steve Prefontaine. And that finish in Hayward Field has got to be probably the accumulation of running dreams to be had for many, many years to come. Even though I did hear the the hill at mile eight is a little bit of a killer. I don't know. We'll have to ask our dear friend and guest of the show, Cool Joe Running, since I know he tackled this. And uh, we'll have to ask him what he thought about that hill there, because he he also has been able to partake in a lot of these bucket list opportunities. I think he had a fabulous time. He enjoyed himself every single step of the way. That's another one. You know, this one hasn't called to me as much as the other ones. It may just be because there's so many incredible races out there. So I don't know. Maybe there's one, one day. on this list that I definitely want to run, but it's going to be a little surprising as to why. Okay, I, now I'm intrigued. Are so, you gonna Are you gonna tell us? I'll, I'll let you go next, and then I'll I'll do my my one that I really want to do and share now, my weird reason why. Now I'm literally going through the entire list trying to figure out which one is it and what is her weird reason, and I have to think that it's gonna be. We just have to get right into it. It's okay. got to be grandma's. It does. I really want to do grandma's marathon dressed as a grandma. I, I, I knew it. I went through this list real quick and I'm like, it's going to be grandma's. It's going to oh. I feel like we've now been together for over a year. I know your quirks. I know your, your, the things that make you tick and smile. And that definitely sounded like one of them. Now I'm super curious because of grandma's also one that is in the running world. Absolutely incredible. This is a big one for the record for folks that are endeavoring to do the 50 States marathon club. This one's usually the one that ticks off most people from Minnesota because, again, it's gorgeous. It's largely flat. Um, It is a point to point. So I guess we should probably talk a little bit about that as well. Point to points are traditionally a little bit more difficult from a logistic standpoint because you do um, start literally 26 miles away from where you finish. (laughs) But I've heard that the, of course, the race directors, you don't get to be at the top billing of these things without having a lot of wonderful, wonderful aspects. And the race directors make sure that this is very much an opportunity for folks to feel 
supported and they've got all the logistics down. So this is a great one too. Um, I believe so this uh, was going on your running, list. I think the running dietitian, our own applesauce, Amy, I think she had just done grandma's if I remember correctly. I wouldn't be surprised because she's in that part of the world. Isn't she? It's, it's along Lake Superior. Yeah, so it's in Duluth, Minnesota. And mm-hmm. like you said, it's largely flat. There's one bump, which I guess they call Lemon Drop Hill, which I kind of want to have a lemon drop as fuel dressed as a grandma. And again, I don't know why that speaks to me, but I just am a costume runner at heart, I guess. So lemon drops are also like a cocktail. Like they're like a little shooter for a cocktail. And you oh. know, the minute I saw that, I thought, do you think they have Stranger Danger Aid Station with like lemon drop vodka in there? Because if they do, I'm totally I love, our, I love how you go for the drinks. I go for the lemon for the drop candy. candy. <laughs> so that reminds me of when we did Space Coast and you did a shot of vodka on accident thinking it was water. So yeah. And then the other race that I did shortly after that, where I purposely did it because nobody was giving that particular Stranger Danger Aid Station any love. And I'm like, well, I- maybe there's a reason why. I mean, I still got to the finish line, so. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Our two different personalities fully on straight. Very, very on much so. Well, with that said, that's June 22nd. And again, very, very infamous. Um, I have wanted to do this next one for some time. Not for any other reason except that I had a Ragnar team where we had about 12 runners from this part of the world. And they all told me how phenomenal the Indie Monumental Marathon is. And they like really tried to talk me into it several times and I didn't do it. And now looking back, I wish that I would have. So maybe this is something that I'll have to make happen in my life. But the Indianapolis Monumental Marathon actually coming up right around the corner. So if you guys um, want to do it, you might want to start planning for 2024, but it's usually in October. Again, it's flat. You have an incredible opportunity to pass some beautiful landmarks and to run on the track, which I think is always super exciting. As a, I think it's just a portion, though, of it. I yeah, I've never, I've never had a deep desire to do Indianapolis, but I have heard that it's really great. I mean, can we make it through the list though without talking about your very first marathon? Chicago. Chicago. Oh my goodness. That's coming up right around the corner too. I feel like Chicago is like a first love and I'm so lucky like uh, of all the ways of starting off. And I know you mentioned uh, staying a bit closer, having a smaller race for your first one out of the gate. And logistically, I would wholeheartedly agree. For me though, having this really large course support that And again, I think Chicago is such a great one because this is not a point to point. It is a loop course. So your start and your finish are in the exact same location. That made it logistically so easy to plan. Chicago is such a wonderful city. So for folks that are looking at the larger marathons, because they like big races and they don't lie, um, (laughs) I think Chicago is such a phenomenal one. And again, big quick shout out to our Quick Bite series, the World Marathon Majors Um, folks should definitely check those out if they're considering doing any of those world marathon majors because we have a lot of fun both on the blog and on the quick bites from best workouts to do to tackle when you're preparing for these races to what foods must you have when you're actually there for race weekend all of it Mm -hmm, we give more of an official answer but just all of it (laughs) the answer is yeah yeah 
Yeah, we, so I don't think we'll spend too much time on it. Again, we'll want you guys to check out Quick Bites if you're thinking of doing Chicago because we gave it a really good long, you get the history, you get all about the different neighborhoods, the foods, must watch movies, all that jazz, all the fun. So let's talk about the next one that I kind of alluded to that I have a running partner who's done this one. I've actually, a lot of my local run group has done it. And this is another one that I absolutely want to do. And I was signed up for and some other race came up. So I ended up not doing it. But You are promiscuous poor. with your running groups and your races. I'm just saying every other I one, like, I was going to do this one, but then something fresh came along. Yeah, so I, just, I was like, I was signed asked. up for it. And then some other, and I don't even remember because it was such a long time ago and I ended up doing the other one. But yes, Marine Corps has still stayed on my list. Every single person I've heard talk about Marine Corps gets really emotional because of how incredible it is to go past some of the landmarks in our capital, but also because of, again, the Marines that are there supporting you. How can you, I mean, I get choked up just thinking about it. So I, I, wanna, I definitely have I this wanna, on my list. I would shout Oorah. Would I you? I, 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 yeah. L- listen, you've ran races with me. I yell, I scream. Like I have no chill when it comes to running. I feel like, yes, that's true. I feel like this race is a little bit tough. So I don't know that I'd have the energy to, to shut out Ura, but <laughs> I think I do it out of pure exhaustion. Yeah. I mean, you have to rally. And that's one of the great things about having these. Because again, when you get to this point in the race, and I know we're going to talk about it, it really does become more of a mental thing. So mm-hmm. being able to rally yourself with your battle cry, whatever that may be, is always absolutely perfect. Um, again, this is one of those races where they kind of have a little bit of extra surprise for you nor- near that finish line, where you do have to dig deep to really get into that battle cry or that mindset of I can do this. So I I want I want to make that happen. Coach, I don't know if you made this list just basically because you are telling me that I have to start budgeting for all of them because now I want to literally <laughs> go run all of these again. Now, one that's a little bit smaller and I've been looking at this one too. I mean, I'm not kidding. I have literally been starting to look at accommodations in this area is Vermont City Marathon towards the end of May. And this one is, again, for us Florida runners, a little hillier. But I think for folks up in that side of the world, they probably would kind of giggle at us for saying that. Um, one thing that would giggle really, at us. <laughs> yeah. One thing that really stood out to me was in looking through how many people were saying this is a spectator's dream. Especially mm-hmm. if you are bringing your own spectators. So if you're wanting to bring the va- the family or yeah. friends or any of your running crew, it seems like hands down, this is the most accommodating. And I love how somebody actually planned it out and said, you can see your person running as many as 10 times on this course, which I think is a really unique, a new unique thing to be built. Absolutely. Because... Any other of the races, even if it is a looped course, for the most part, your spectator has to work almost as hard as you are in running the race to be able to find you even a few times on the course. So 10 times, that's extraordinary. That would give you so much pep in your step. So I actually would say without running this specific race, if you are a newcomer to the marathon world and you're thinking of one, just based off of that, I would say this might be the first one to to do right out of the gate if you're looking at traveling for it. You could make your purse and hold all your fuel. 
and it can yeah. be really, really. I mean, that's where my brain goes. It's like if you're gonna watch me, B, you're gonna work for it. Yes, I would still suggest you bring a little bit of fuel in case <laughs> that you miss them on that uh, location. But I think again, because there's something to be said when you are starting to get into your head of knowing that you've got a loved one that you're looking for a friendly face in the crowd. That would be extraordinary. So coach, we got to do this one, not to mention you get to see some of the most beautiful parts of the Northeast with Lake Champlain and Adirondacks. I'm hoping I'm saying that right because I've been practicing. (laughs) (laughs) I think of uh, Adirondack chairs, but yeah, Mm. basically some Vermont maple syrup. I mean, if there was ever a brunch race in the making, yum. I mean, and I'm not a sweet girl, but I'll yeah. I'll take some Vermont maple syrup. Yeah, but I and have the, to laugh because that's where my brain goes again. Well, feeling is very important, as we'll probably be talking about here. And I think, of course, we couldn't say this list would not be complete. And truly, we are not just saying this and bringing it back to the dopey bib. But the Walt Disney Marathon is by far one of those races that folks in the running community hold a a high esteem it's fabulously put together it is incredible in terms of if you even have an inkling of a disney fan within you even if it's just one disney movie to be out there in the course and potentially see your characters or to have this opportunity to run through main street and seeing the castle um, running through all the theme parks it's just it's extraordinary so the walt disney marathon is definitely a runner's bucket list yeah, I I have not ran the Walt Disney World Marathon yet, but I feel like especially if you go into the mindset with a marathon that you know that more than likely you're only going to run one for various reasons. And mm-hmm. like you said, you're looking for a really great experience. I would probably suggest this one. There is that 16 minute pace requirement. And yes, you have to be mindful of that, but I still don't know if I could see anybody not having a good time and at least coming away and walking away with some really great memories and takeaways from doing a Disney marathon. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. I do want to mention that now that you said that, I would say of this list, I would still say that this is probably the best one from a beginner's point of view. If you're looking at, if you are a little bit worried, if you um, keep your party at mid pack or back of the pack, this would likely be the best one. You may not be able to do as many character stops, but you have the best chance of between the course being favorable, conditions usually are rather favorable. Uh, this would be the best one from a beginner standpoint. I would definitely say that from a beginner standpoint, I wouldn't tackle Big Sur. I don't mm-hmm. know that I would tackle Flying Pig, even with an incredible spectators just based off of it. Indy would be another really fabulous one from a beginner standpoint. Chicago, again, being super flat. So yeah. definitely yeah. great opportunity, folks. If you guys have more questions on what your first one out of the gate should look like to hit us up because we, as you can tell, love to talk about races. <laughs> <laughs> now, going back to the core of all of this, mm-hmm. while talking about which race is cool, which race is fun, which has the best support, all of it is important. The really hard portion is finding out if or when is the right time for you specifically to run a marathon. And we have a couple of really great tips, but I would say right out of the gate, when somebody is talking about 
wanting to run a marathon. I always try to ask them what the next six months of their life looks like. Are they starting a new job? Are they moving? Are they going back to school? Are there any really big life changes that you already know are going to happen? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is yes, I'm going to put that little yellow flag up and go proceed with caution. Because marathon training, while super rewarding, super fun, is a lot of work and arguably would kind of be like having a part-time job. Yeah, no, it is absolutely having a part-time job. And I think it's not just the miles that you're tackling, which I believe that that's where a lot of people get hung up on. They think, oh, I'm already running whatever the case may be. I feel like I have the time for that. That's not a problem. It's all of the accessory things. So you're going to have to plan for a lot more recovery time. We're going to have to plan for more uh, cross training, for strength training, for going to sleep a lot more. You're going to need more sleep. Um, Just recently talking to one of our wonderful athletes, how she has an incredibly busy life. And it is where she doesn't have as much time to get in some rest. While that's normally fine for her really, and she does run a lot of miles, while it's normally fine during marathon training, it does make it more challenging. So having to find snippets of time to be able to get in some naps at the very least. So yeah, I think that that's that's the biggest one in terms of where does your life look like? Is your family okay with not seeing you very much? Because likely you're not going to have a social life. You're not going to have a lot of family time. So that's a really good reminder of maybe tackling it is in your next year but is it in the next six months is a fabulous way of breaking it down because like the holidays are coming up so Mm -hmm. is this a good time for you i mean is there usually a lot of things going on in your holiday world or is your lifestyle a little bit more chill during this time of year so maybe it is perfect i actually after my first and so far only marathon i did promise my family that it would be at least another year before i tackled a marathon Um, because it was a lot of time and I, my marathon fell in December. So it was before like the main holidays for my household, but it was a lot. And like right now, kids starting elementary school, you know, having a a business growing. It's, I know for me, it's not the right time for a marathon because I know the dedication and the, the sheer time it takes. So not to say that you can't do it with big life changes, but definitely a proceed with caution. And that's going to be a further conversation that you're going to need to have not only with yourself, your coach, if you're using one, but like you said, also your family and your support system, because it does really take a village. Oh, without a doubt. And we had that conversation actually this time last year when I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do Tokyo because we were starting a business. And how did Mm -hmm. that look? And I actually just said that to a friend the other day. I was like, I didn't realize I was just sitting around and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I have a little bit of free time. And it's because I'm not training for a marathon right now. So, <laughs> Well, and it played into why I didn't do New York this year, just because mm-hmm. with everything else, I didn't believe I could take that amount of time and focus and productively train. Yeah, it, it is. It is definitely a be very honest with yourself. I would almost say that it's a good time to actually sit down, not just digging into your why you want to do the actual race, which is pivotal, but also digging down and sitting in front of a calendar and looking at what it actually Mm -hmm. looks like from a time commitment standpoint. 
Now, a big question too I get is how long should I be running before I think about tackling a marathon? And this is gonna be a big, it depends. But I'd like to see you be running for a, a good while before you start flirting with the 26.2. What about you? Yeah, this is a this is a question that I've changed in over the years and actually even more so recently where I probably, when I first started running, would have said, hey, once you've got a good base and maybe you've already tackled a 10K or half, you could do it anytime as long as you've got that base. And while that may be true, there's also the aspect of looking at what is it that you want from your first marathon in terms of do you want to have a really good experience where you're able to really run strong that day, feel confident, not worried about being uh, swept by the sweepers because that adds a very high level of anxiety. So I would, there's a lot of little details that I'd want to dig a little deeper into that. So I think, yes, though, for the average person, I would say having a pretty, at least I would actually say a year. Yeah. And I, would I would probably say, you say a have, year to two, honestly. Yeah. And I would also say to at least have one or, and I know there are tons of individuals that maybe even listening to this right now and saying, hey, I did my first race was a marathon and that's amazing. But from the perspective of what would probably be the best way of approaching it, knowing there's always going to be outliers, I would say at the minimum a year. And then I would also strongly suggest that they have a couple of races under their belt, like a half marathon, if no other reason, but to be prepared with how different race days feel than the average training run. Right. And as far as like people get really hyper-focused on mileage, um, I'm going to say above the mileage question, I would want to know the consistency in your current training. So if you're running three to four times a week on a consistent basis and it's not just like one mile here, one mile there. I feel like for me as a coach, that's going to speak more volume. They're already having that consistency base. Um, and then I would look at mileage second and hoping that your long run was in about the eight to 10 mile range and you were able to hit that comfortably. And again, consistently. Because if you're not already consistent in your training, trying to tackle on with marathon training on top of an inconsistent form schedule is just going to kind of, again, compound and really make it harder on top of an already hard process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would concur on that as well. One thing that I'd like to see people, while neither of us care about pace, mm -hmm. I do see so much value in sticking to shorter distances, working on that consistency, working on pace before tackling a marathon. And that's not, again, something that I would have said a decade ago. Now I see the difference because again, of how you feel on race day and how you feel after race day and also how your training runs look. So it will make the difference between being out there for a couple of hours on the weekend versus half a day on the weekend. And yes, there's, again, there's maximums that you should be out on your feet anyway, but it does make a big difference to focus on those shorter distances and that pace, that consistency, just like you mentioned. So I think there's You'll a lot You'll never to regret that. base building. You'll Absolutely. never regret taking longer and building a stronger base. It's just a fact, especially when it comes to the marathon. 
because mm-hmm. it does it does we while we both have great marathon stories and I loved my first marathon even though it was a big pile of poo it's 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 a process and I think kind of learning to love the process and go with the idea of that I'm going to make progress I'm going to have setbacks first and foremost and definitely not going in the marathon training looking for perfection because yeah. you will be disappointed if you go in for perfection. It doesn't matter what type of marathoner you are, which marathon it is, your time goal. There's going to be times in that training that it's going to look so far from perfect. You're going to question what you're doing. And so yeah. going in with that mindset, it really helps hedge your bets. I would also say that if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I am never, ever going to do a marathon and that doesn't matter to me. A lot of these tips, I'd say 99% of them apply to any race distance you choose to do. Or even if you're choosing not to do a specific race distance, but you want to be more consistent with your running and you have a goal for your running, I think all of these apply to that. And that does come back to, of course, looking at your outside life, it doesn't have to do with running and what does that look like and knowing that that's going to directly influence what your running consistency and your running progress will be yeah absolutely and again going back to time frame while we're saying to kind of look at the next six months realistically you're going to need a minimum of 16 to 20 weeks for your first marathon i always err on 20 weeks for first time marathoners very little will deviate from that just because it is a new type of training and a new mindset. So I I pretty much always err on 20 weeks unless there are significant outliers that would impact that. Gosh, now I wish that I remember how many weeks I trained for Chicago for my first one. I, I don't remember if it was a 20 week or if it was a 16 weeks, but it was again, eons ago. And I had built a really strong base. At that point, I was pretty much already running back-to-back half marathon. So I went into it with a really strong base. Um, But yeah, so a lot of that, again, this is, I think, the difference between working with a coach versus pulling something off of the internet, which no shade. And if that's the way that you roll out, but it does make a big difference where we as a coach can see a lot of the details of your everyday life because there's also, as you said, that may be a minimum. There may be other individuals where depending on what kind of training plan they're going to work with, it may be 24 weeks, maybe the minimum that they should be training for a race. So, and that feels sometimes very long, but. I mean, in essence, it's almost half the year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and yes, I'm very proud of myself that I knew there was 52 weeks in a year. And I had to do the mental math to realize that, nope, it's still short. And I'm doing that almost. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So another time that you should or that should come into your mind as to is this the right time for me is when you have become positively obsessed with it. When you're out for your run and you're thinking, I'm ready. I cannot wait to do this. I want to challenge myself. Even when you have that doubt, you're excited to to like kind of even answer back, you know, in terms of saying, 
I think I'm ready for this. I don't know if I, I will never know if I'm ready, if I don't try all of those kind of inner dialogues when you're having them and they're obsessive, when you're spending your free time watching all of the different documentaries, you're reading all the books, you're listening to all the podcasts, like time for brunch, all of those different things, when they're starting to play into your mind quite a bit, it is likely meaning that it's time. Does that mean that if you've only been running for, I don't know, five weeks, you should do it? <laughs> I also think there's a lot of value of saying, we're in no way, shape, form, or fashion are we saying you should not run a marathon even if you just started running. What we're saying is look at it as it can be your goal, but knowing that you'll have to work inter- incremental goals on the way up to that so that you can tackle it. Um, but yeah, I actually think that once you start becoming obsessed with it, and that's actually what happened with me. I was training for my first half marathon for wine and dine, and of course, a run Disney race. And I remember going into work one day after one of my training runs and I said, I feel so strong in this training plan that I feel like I could run at a full. And my boss, who was not a runner, kind of giggles and said, maybe you should do the half marathon first and see how you feel. <laughs> and literally, I felt great after the half marathon. I was like, I really feel like I'm ready. I did still give myself a little bit longer, checked in with a few different things, but it was pretty early on a, an obsession for me. And I think that's a great a great portion to to kind of go back to is you want to feel inspired Mm -hmm. if you are feeling burnout or extreme boredom or leaving every run just feeling and this is totally a technical term look it up (laughs) it's in the dictionary of shelby and coach christine um but if you're feeling burnout if you're feeling any of that it is not the right time because adding on miles to those feelings is not gonna help you want to feel excited you want to feel you can feel nervous that's i think that's a sane thought to have when you're thinking about running 26.2 miles. Yeah, I would hope that you have a little bit of of excited nerves <laughs> about it. Yeah, the absolutely. butterflies. Yeah, it's like it's like a first date all over again. Um, but yeah, you definitely want to go into it with that excitement and that preparation that you're mentally ready for it. Versus if you're on the fence too much, that can be a really good sign that that might just be a not right now instead Mm -hmm. of a not ever, which is a really point that I want to drive home to where just because you might be flirting with it today doesn't mean you have to sign up for it today. But again, go through some of the ones that we've recommended, check out the blogs on the majors and see if maybe that is a long-term something to work towards. Right. I also want to touch a little bit on that too. I think that if you are feeling burnout versus boredom, that may be a big differentiator because if you're feeling bored with your running, that may mean that you are ready for a bigger challenge. So maybe it is actually a marathon and maybe it does look having a different challenging training plan. This is probably likely for somebody who is not a first time marathoner, but if you've been running for some time, you've gotten a little bit of those boredoms because it just feels like every run's the same or all the training things are the same. And we have plenty of episodes about how to kind of beat that back and find some joy in your running as well. But it could be that that may be a perfect opportunity to challenge yourself with something that you wouldn't normally think. Maybe that is where you did a marathon 10 years ago and you thought I'm never doing it again you're feeling a little bored with your training, maybe it's time to look at it again. Uh, Just looking at it from a different perspective of how you can potentially challenge yourself and keep that joy as you're going through it. I think, Coach, one of the biggest things that you and I both 100% agree with and we make sure that our athletes are well aware of is the mental preparedness, and you already touched on it, but also knowing that as we talk about the time that you need to plan into your week for training and knowing that you need to tackle that, 
you have to also plan for that mental training because it's going to be vital. And a lot of that may be done off the actual run. Uh, most of it, in all honesty, mm-hmm. is done off of the run and then applied on the run, um, which a lot of the mental training, too, is taking those rest days because a lot of people figure if they go hard, go fast, and they put all of this into the marathon training, it's going to pay off. But if you're not resting and taking care of yourself both on the rest physically and mentally, it can really catch up with you very, very fast. And that's why we do plan a lot of our meditations, extra yoga, extra mobility exercises into our training plans because it all plays into it. And that's why, again, not only the mental load of fitting in the miles, but fitting in cross training, strength training. And again, the rest of your life, because unfortunately, most of us don't get paid or our family makes sure everything's done for us during marathon training. You have to know that it's going to be as much physical as it is mental. Yeah, I think we should make that disclaimer right here now for whomever that lucky dopey bib winner is, is that this does not include a fairy tale ending where Snow White's um, little forest animals are going to come and do your cleaning or your laundry while you train (laughs) for it. So definitely keep that into consideration, whether it's for dopey or it's for a marathon or any race is the fact that, yes, unfortunately, most of us, 99% of us are going to have to tackle this on to all of the other responsibilities that we have throughout our days. And for dopey training, wasn't it like something like 900 something miles that you covered? It was. Over course. Over the, over the training plan. Yes. Because again, that when we developed the training for our dopey athletes, it was, and we're not calling them dopey. We're calling them the ones that are training for dopey. <laughs> uh, we wanted to make sure that they had a really strong base. So we started a lot of those folks a lot earlier on. So between that base and then starting that targeted training for dopey, actually we're right now in the season where a lot of them are starting to tick up that mileage because they have their good base built from the summer. And now it's time to kind of start picking up. We're not hitting peak mileage, but we're starting to tick tick up like how often they run throughout the week and a little bit longer of those runs. So no doubt there is absolutely quite a bit of mileage that goes with it. Does not mean that if you win this bib and you have not been necessarily training for a marathon or dopey that you still can't do it, but definitely you're going to be having a conversation with us uh, so that we could help make sure that you get there very safely and finish feeling strong. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So what else do you think we need to touch upon when we talk about should we or should we not run a marathon? I think we talked about the a lot of the things that you should have ready. One of the things that I want us to touch on, and it has to do that mental mind game, too, is that you should not limit yourself. And by that is all of these things are definitely a great checklist But if these are the should nots that come into my mind, I should not run a marathon because I'm not super thin or I'm not super fast or I'm not super fit. None of those type of limiting beliefs should be the reason why you decide to run a marathon or not. Again, it comes down to making sure that you give yourself that that opportunity to work toward it in a way that maybe it's not going to be tomorrow, but that doesn't mean that the marathon is completely off of your bucket list. It's not something you don't want to actually work toward. It isn't something like a pie in the sky. It is something that as long as you sit down and you start consistently 
planning it out, you can absolutely make this happen. It is achievable. I feel very strongly on that. It is achievable for humans that really want to make this happen. Ooh, so we're should nodding all over ourselves. Yeah, I like this. We nodding. should not run a marathon to lose weight. That is yeah. a big one I hear all the time. Do not go into marathon training to lose weight. Can we actually even go a step further in saying, because I actually say this a lot off the mic, but I'm going to go ahead and just make this declaration on the mic. More often than not, specifically for women, I won't necessarily say this as, I've not noticed this as much with men as much as with women. We're going to probably pack on a bit of weight during that sip, during training for a marathon for a myriad of reasons. Yes, we're probably going to eat more. But a lot of it also has to do with the fact that we're going to be holding on to some of that uh, fluid retention because we have a lot of wear and tear on our muscles. There's some inflammation going on. Hopefully, you're also still strength training. So there's a little bit of that. So your body composition may change. It may not. And ultimately, that should not be the marker of why you choose to do a marathon. It definitely was not for me. At no point did I think that doing a marathon had anything to do with how I would look different on race day. It really was, still is very much of what can my body do? Same. What can my mind, body, and my mind and body do together? So it's more about really achieving versus actually just shrinking. I think that's really important. I also think that it's one of those things where you shouldn't do it to impress anyone else, despite one of the movies that I think that we <laughs> we featured in one of the quick bites um, for London. It shouldn't be something that because your college roommate tackled it and you kind of want to make sure that you can talk about it your next time that you see you want to best them in any way, shape, form or fashion. This is a time where it really should be very intrinsic as to your reasons for doing it. And in all honesty, if you're doing it for somebody else, nine out of 10 times, actually, no, I'm going to be bold. 10 out of 10 <laughs> times, they don't really care. They're just, oh. they're just BSing you. And even when you do it, they're going to be like, okay, cool. Yeah. And they're going to find a reason why it either wasn't cool, wasn't good enough, whatever. Don't do it for anybody else. I mean, don't do anything for anybody else, but especially running a marathon. Yes, yeah. trust me, that the I told you so is not waiting for you at the finish line. Though I will say we have an, an incredible athlete right now who runs his why is very much because he wants to show his daughter what he's capable of doing in terms of she's capable of doing the same thing. So if you're looking at it from that oh, perspective, different. completely, yeah. if you're looking to inspire those around you, the kid absolutely. card's always going to win. <laughs> if you're doing it from a, like a revenge or to like match somebody toe to toe, don't bother sleep in my friend. It'll be better for you in the long run. <laughs> okay. So we've, we've talked about some shoulds. We talked about some, uh, a checklist. We talked about some should nots. Let's get into like, okay. You've gone through this checklist. You know, you are ready. You're pumped. You're psyched. You can't wait to get started. What are the tips that we would give folks for that first time out of the gate? Ooh, prepare to fuel more often. That runger is gonna hit you and it's gonna hit you hard. Go through all of the recommended snacks and pre and post run fuels and stock up because that runger will make you a different person and your mm -hmm. family will tell you you should not be doing this because they ain't going to want to deal with your grumpy you know what yeah and definitely that comes into like timing your fueling will help a little bit with that runger and curving it back and there is a lot to say that this is your first time out of the gate you're probably not going to get it perfectly so don't beat yourself up but 
don't, again, going back to not using marathon training for losing weight, this is not the time to be at a deficit to not fuel your body. Unless if you're really looking forward to becoming best friends with your sports injury doctor, because that's a surefire recipe for that kind of a thing to happen. You really do need to fuel so that you're able to, to go the distance. It's actually called an endurance sport for endurance. You have to fuel that. So really great tip right out of the gate, coach. Thanks for saying that. I want to say that the next one is, and we've touched on this, and I believe this in every shape, form, and fashion with anything that you endeavor to do that's a challenge, including marathon training, have a strong support system. Because again, a lot of those things that you do day to day on your responsibility, on your list of things that you have to accomplish will fall on loved ones and friends. Absolutely. And I am going to do a, not even a shameless plug. I'm just going to say it, especially for first time marathoners. You've not worked with a running coach before. This is a wonderful, wonderful time to do so because you're going to have a bajillion questions and I'm not even embellishing. We've already talked about Dr. Google is not your best friend. And even if it's not us, try to find a coach that works with you and is there to support you and to keep an eye on it because the last thing you want to do is get injured, get burned out too early and that buddy system with somebody who's Mm going to hold you accountable and be able to troubleshoot when things inevitably get thrown off it really it's worth every single penny yeah i think to let's say that you are that magical unicorn where you're able to get all the answers that you need from the internet because there are a lot of incredible resources but you also have the incredible life where everything fits right into a jigsaw puzzle and you can find all those magical pieces and nothing goes wrong with your training, you're still going to have lots of doubts and a lot of moments of fear. And that's really where that coach is going to be able to reassure you. Oh my God. I I just literally just this past weekend, we had one of our athletes hit a PR. And the first thing she said when we checked in with her was, it wasn't exactly as strong as I wanted. And I'm like, you hit a three minute PR. I mean, like (laughs) you nailed our strategy. Literally, it was like the most beautiful. It was not just an A plus, it was an A plus plus. She's like, oh yeah, I did. And that's just a reminder. We are our own worst critics. We're always going to be harder on ourselves. And having a coach to be able to give you that objective yet very encouraging and supportive voice of reason, if you will, is definitely a game changer um, without a shadow of a doubt. And uh, the next tip is more of a technical tip than a warm and fuzzy tip, but definitely in those long runs, you're going to want to mix in pace changes. You're going to want to practice with your goal pace or your desired pace, especially if you're working with a cutoff time, which most Mm -hmm. of the marathons are. Um, So you're really going to want to capitalize on some of those long runs and mix that in the rotation as well. I think that's a tough one too, if you're not working with a coach as a first time marathoner for the record, Mm -hmm. because that is overwhelming. When you first pull a plan from the internet and you see HMP and run three at you know, run 800 meters, four times, 200 meter recovery. You're like, what? This Is this like, did I just walk into an advanced calculus class? <laughs> I don't really know what I'm supposed to be doing here. And that's where, again, working with a coach, it could be broken down in a way that you 
can get those kind of answers in a way that helps you for your actual training and for race day. So yeah, it could be very overwhelming to see some of those things. Um, gosh, it, it, I think it took me years before I even understood half of of when I first started running, I would see these plans. And I'm like, I have no idea what that means. So, <laughs> well, and it goes kind of hand in hand because going back into like coaching brain, we're saying goal pace, mm-hmm. but one of my big tips is actually not having a goal time necessarily for your first marathon. So when we say goal pace, especially for first time marathoners, that might be again, making sure that you hit the cutoff times taking all of your runs and your testing and everything that we do on the back end and figuring out what a realistic idea of time goal would be more of just to make sure that we train you accordingly. So just because it's goal pace doesn't necessarily mean like a time that you have to hit, but to give us a general idea of when you're expected to come to that finish line. I'm so glad that you followed that up because I will say that's the first, that's, you hear that so much for first time marathoners don't have a time goal. I don't know anyone who doesn't have a secret time goal. Right. Literally every single runner will have a secret time goal that they won't tell anyone. And I think that that's again, a really magical aspect of where working with a coach can let you have a realistic A, B, and C time goal, mm-hmm. um, so I, I think that's such a great one. And that's such a hard one. I remember myself the first time that I trained for a marathon. I was like, so what are you hoping to do? And I'm like, oh, I'm just hoping to finish. I must have said that 5,000 times that summer that I first trained. And secretly, I knew that I had a time goal. I just didn't want to share it. <laughs> right. I mean, and I think that's natural to where you can mm-hmm. have a time goal. But don't get so married to that time goal that you throw out all other means of anything it's i mean everybody Mm -hmm. wants to know around when they're gonna finish because again knowledge is power but again i guess a better way of saying that is don't marry the time goal you're gonna want to you want to marry the rebound guy (laughs) (laughs) or have a have a frank conversation with your coach if you do have a secret time goal have that frank conversation with your coach so that they can actually adjust the training plan so that you are able to get closer to it or help you adjust your expectations of it because it absolutely. may be a little bit of both. So absolutely. Now we we touched on it a little bit when we we're talking about race conditions. And this is a big one because again, since you're going to potentially be training for almost half of the year, you're going to have all sorts of weather conditions. You're going to potentially have hot weather conditions, cold weather conditions, snow, rain, hurricanes, tornadoes, um, I don't know, fires, a lot of our athletes have to deal with a lot of that smoke from the Mm -hmm. fires this particular year. So a lot of these conditions will come up six months as I mean, gosh, just a few more months and you can actually produce a human child. So it's, it's a lot. Right. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Having, having actually produced a a human child. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, prepare for the unexpected, but especially with marathon training, I mean, yes, with any training, quite frankly, you have to kind of go in with that mindset, but talking specifically about marathon training, you don't have the same luxury to pick and choose like you would maybe for a shorter distance and subbing out the runs. Because again, let's say it's raining on your long run day. You got 16 miles on deck. That's not something that's so easily moved around to where it's like, oh, I'll just do that tomorrow. Well, Mm -hmm. That might not be a, a possibility. Well, yes, 
I've moved around long runs like that for an athlete, it takes a lot of configuring. It's not just as simple as, oh, well, I can go out for two miles tomorrow. So you're going to rain, go in rain, snow, maybe a tropical storm if it's safe. Again, we're disclaimer, don't do anything stupid. But yeah. with that being said, it's a hard fact. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that said, Coach, I think that we want to, again, invite folks to reach out to us, reach out to us at Info Time for Brunch. And if you have any questions, we're happy to jump on a consult call. If you have just one or two questions that you want to at least touch on, um, there's so many different ways that we can help provide you with information, even if it's just pointing you in the direction of resources. So please do reach out. We also want to hear from you. Like, what were some of the things, if you've already been there, done that with the marathoning world, what were some of the things that you remember from your first marathon training season as to questions that stuck out, things you wish that you would have known that you wish that you could share with others that are tackling it? Or if you are considering this yourself, what are some of the questions that you have that maybe weren't touched upon that you'd like to see more answers coming your way? Ooh, which leads me to one of the big questions. Because while we should be fueling for all of our runs, when you were marathon training, was there a specific go-to dish that you had? Absolutely. I was probably more specific with my nutrition at that point in my life than I ever have any time before and after because I definitely wanted to make sure that I was feeling really, really, really well. So I will say that I was a staunch English muffin, almond butter with sliced banana breakfast gal for those long runs. But also one of my go-to favorites that I remind folks all the time and we talk about it with hydration too is thinking, don't necessarily think that just because you have that breakfast, if you didn't eat well the day before. So I would always make sure to have a really good fueling meal for dinner the night before any of my intense runs or my long runs. So that's, that's a big one for me. And probably the one that I go to the most still is a baked potato with all the other yummies of whatever it is that I'm having. I feel like it it helps me go the distance the best and just who doesn't love potatoes? Oh, that's my sick <laughs> food. When anytime I'm sick oh. and I don't really want to eat anything, I have a baked potato. That's I a usually good throw one. some hot sauce on it, actually. Okay, that's uh, a weird one. <laughs> well, you've never had hot sauce on a potato? I'm sure I have, but I think when I think of sick, I think of like more of a blander meal. Yeah, see, I like burning stuff out of my system. <laughs> okay, you go, girl. <laughs> that's my weird holistic approach. Is, like hot sauce is going to work. So what was your go-to? I, and I still love it, veggie pasta. Mm. I put zucchini, I put um, tomatoes, I put green peppers, I put every vegetable, known to man, mushrooms in there. And sometimes I'd get a little fancy and put a little pesto in it because I love some pesto. And I did whole wheat pasta, so it had that little extra protein with that carb. It was just the best. And if you are on our newsletters, you got those some of the recipes in there, which even if you're not marathon training, they're great options. So definitely download and chow down. Yeah. And of course, if you are on the newsletter, you also received, but if you're not, go check out over on YouTube where we have a live fuel tasting and we took a summer hiatus, but brought it back for fall just in time for <laughs> all of those incredible fall special flavors. So I think you guys are going to have quite a bit of fun with that. And you might pick up a new fuel that would work for you on your long runs as you endeavor to tackle your 
first marathon or maybe your hundredth, whatever that it may be. That little pumpkin spice and everything nice. I don't right? think some of my taste buds have fully recovered from it. I'm just saying. Oh my goodness. Well, with that said, friends, we want to give you a huge high five, whether you were joining us during your long run or folding laundry. We so very appreciate having you here. Make sure that you are rehydrating and refueling with those brunch-tastic favorite recipes that we include in our newsletter while you recover and reset. Don't forget, I told you, I promised you I would remind you, you want that dopey bib, you want that dopey giveaway, so go to our episode notes and make sure that you register for that giveaway. You'll have all the details in that episode notes. Please come back and check us out for Quick Bites Edition, where we are starting to bring the World Marathon Majors series to a close. It drops on Wednesdays. And then again, for maybe a wickedly delightful time for brunch next Friday, we're going to continue serving up more miles with a side of smiles.